0: What's goody podcast fam? Welcome back to the Smoky Notes podcast with Roll Roll Beats and friends. I'm your host, Sean, a.k.a. Real real Beats. Welcome back to the podcast, man. It's been a few weeks since I've been been with you guys, but we back. Let's get to it. On this episode, I'm going to talk about a couple cigars that I smoke, um, my trip to Florida. I'm going to hit on, the, on some music real quick, and then uh, we're going to get into this Super wild car weekend. Let's get it. What's good, family? I I missed you guys, man. Like I said, it's been a couple of weeks since I've been been on this thing. Man, and, uh, I mean, I miss you. I'm, I'm not gonna lie, I miss, I miss doing it, the, doing these uh, podcasts, making this content for you guys. So let's get straight into it. Like I said, I was on a I went to Florida for a few days. Uh, my daughter had like a soccer showcase down there for ECNL soccer, and uh, it was dope, man. It was really dope. If you've never been to Florida, I definitely suggest you go. Uh, this was really my First time, like actually being able to hang out in Florida. I went to Florida when I was little with my pops when he was driving trucks. We went down there uh, when I went on the road with him for for the summer sometimes. But um man, it was super dope. We stayed in Bradenton. Her uh, her soccer tournament or showcase was in uh, Lakewood Ranch, Florida. So yeah, we stayed in Bradenton, which was like maybe forty five minutes from Tampa Bay. So it was a like I said, it was an amazing time. The weather was amazing. The food was great. Uh they finished one one and one, my daughter's soccer team. They won one, lost one, tied one. Um got, there were a lot of college scouts out there, so they she definitely got some some eyeballs on her over over that uh that that time span that we were down there. But yeah, all in all, man, it was a dope, dope trip. Love Florida. Uh not <laughs> I'm not too big on the flight, man. It was it was pretty, pretty long flight. It was like five hours and some change going down there, and it turned out to be like six. And some change uh coming back so not a not a big big fan of those long flights but it, it is what it is man had a had a couple shooters of vodka so it got me through that thing but yeah man florida was amazing my daughter's team played great me and the wife hung out a lot so it was a all in all a, a beautiful beautiful trip now let's get into these cigars. I mean, while I was down in Florida, we went to this farmer's market, right? And they had a a cigar stand, so I went and got a couple sticks from there. Uh, they, I, the one I had that I liked the most was it's uh, E.G. cigars, and it was creme creme de passion, creme de passion. Or it was so by sweet. The smoke wasn't overpowering. The taste wasn't overpowering. It was like it was a it was a real good stick. So. Uh, EGcigars.com, check them out You know, if y'all get a chance But uh, this uh, cigar that I got from my pack That I tried, a uh, Casa 1910 Cuchillo Parado It's Robusto, Robusto um, Origins in Mexico Mexican Sumatra wrapper Mexican San Andreas binder and filler uh, Tasty notes are earth Roasted nuts, floral, citrus, and cream Suggested pairing on this one is Añejo Tequila didn't have no Anya Hill on tap or on tap with me at the crib. So, you know, it was just straight up, uh, but like platinum. <laughs> it is what it is. But nah, man, this cigar was dope too. I also read the, the description about this cigar from a cigar club. So it says, Cochillo Parado is the first cigar from Casa 1910. Made from exclusive blend of the finest mexican tobacco aged for a minimum of five years its name commemorates the first battle of the mexican revolution a moment that changed the course of history and defined the nation's character the folks over at casa 1910 are inspired by doing things in a captivation and captivation and meaningful way creating memorable memorable experiences for cigar enthusiasts embrace this new chapter in mexico cigar history where passion meets excellence and everyday moments become unforgettable stories and victories so now, I'm about, uh, like I said, I'm on the Cigar Club, uh, 10 sticks, 80 bucks a month, but I think I'm about to switch over to this EG Cigars, man. They have a pack of, you get 25 cigars for 75 bucks. They're all the same cigar, which is a, you know, kind of a bummer, but I think it for one, it's just a better deal. For two, it's, you know... They're, like I said, their cigars that I had were pretty bomb, so I, w- I wouldn't mind giving this one a shot. So stay on the lookout for that coming soon, man. Uh, like I said, I have this new pack of Cigar Club coming in, so once I kill that pack, uh, I'll be switching over to the E.G. cigars and get that ball rolling on their reviews, previews, and anything else views. <laughs> yeah, feel me? Nah, let's let's uh let's keep this thing rolling. So, like I said in the beginning, man, I'm just gonna, you know, quickly touch on this music scene. I'm, I'm trying to get this one to be like a, uh, wildcard weekend review and a, you know, divisional round NFL preview. So, but we're we're gonna get to this music real quick. And uh, if y'all listen to, I believe it was not the last one, but the one before my podcast before, with uh, when I reviewed Scissor's album, I said it was the album of the year. Right? As of now, that album is sitting at number one. In the Billboard, number one album, S.O.S., Scissor, So, y'all need to listen to your boy. If you haven't listened to that album, man, you're doing yourself a disservice. Go listen to the album. It's fire, top to bottom, man. I'm telling you, no, there's really not any skips on that album, in my opinion. But anyway, so yeah, Scissor's holding it down at number one. Heroes and Villains, uh, Metro Boomin' is holding it down at number two. Her Lost, Drake in 21-3, It's Only Me, Little Baby, 4. Uh, Taylor Swift coming in at five, I Rest My Case, Young Boy Never Broke Again, six, and then Public Housing featuring featuring Real Boston Richie, whoever that is. But anyway, SZA, SOS, Album of the Year, Numbers Don't Lie, go check it out ASAP, do yourself a favor, and go check out that damn album, Stop Playing With Me. All right, let's get into this uh, NFL Super Wild Card Weekend that just passed, man. We're going to start with the probably the wackest game of the weekend, <laughs> which was the Seahawks versus the 49ers, man. The 49ers got in that ass. So uh, 49ers won 41-23, right? Going into halftime, the Seahawks were up 17-16, and the way Pete Carroll and D.K. Metcalf and all of them were running off the field at halftime, you'd think they, they won the damn Super Bowl or something. You know, they were just as giddy as can be, running off, the, running off, hype. You know, it's halftime. You're at one point on the road against a division rival, man. Like, you got to relax, right? You got to relax. So, um, y'all you know, like Seahawks up 17, 16 at halftime. Come out second half, only put up six points. Okay, six points. <laughs> All that hoot hollering y'all were doing, running to the locker room. You come out and lay a. Lay fat egg. But I mean, it's expected. It's expected. Gino Gino had a decent day, man. He went twenty five for thirty-five for two hundred and fifty three yards, uh, seven point two yards average, two touchdowns, one interception. They ran the ball fairly well, 104 yards on 25 carries. Kenneth Walker had fifteen carries, sixty-three yards in a touch. Uh Gino four carries twenty-eight yards and DJ DJ Dallas, six carries, thirteen yards. Um DK had a hell of a game. I'm not going to lie to you. DK, he gets on my nerves. Okay. Let me, let me He gets on my nerves. He's a fucking baby. But the man can ball. But when you get under his skin, it shows. And he just cries and cries and cries. Which is probably why he's been wearing a fucking binky mouthpiece for the longest. He didn't wear it in this game. But... He's been wearing a damn binky mouthpiece for the longest that I, that I can remember since he's been in the league, which is fucking ridiculous. You're a grown-ass man with a fucking binky in your mouth. Anyway, I digress. But, no, DK had a game. Ten receptions, 136 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, Kade Johnson and, Bo- and Tyler Lockett both had 39 yards. Colby Parkinson had 14. Noah Fan 11. Derek Young, 11. And Kenneth Walker, three yards. So, they had a decent day on offense, you know, the defense had what one sack. Yeah, defense one sack, no no turnovers. Yeah. Three quarterback hits. It wasn't, you know, the greatest effort by the defense, but it is what it is, man. Now the 49ers on offense on the other hand, that man Brock Purdy who's playing out of his mind as a rookie, went 18 for 30, 332 yards and three touches, man. Good freaking Jesus. And then Christian McCaffrey had 15 carries, 119 yards. Debo, 32 yards. Uh, Brock Purdy himself ran for 16 yards. Jordan Mason ran for 12 yards. And Elijah Mitchell ran for two yards, totaling 181 rushing yards on the t- for the team on 33 carries. Uh, Debo had a hell of a game. Six receptions, 133 yards, one touchdown. Brandon Nayuk had 73 yards. Juwan Jennings, 41 yards. George Kittle, 37 yards. Elijah Mitchell, 25 yards. Uh, Christian McCaffrey, 17 yards. And Juice Check six yards. Um, it looks like uh, Brock Purdy, you know, spread the ball out fairly well. Of course, Debo got the bulk of the receptions because he's their go-to guy at receiver, right? But... Other than that, man, everything else is spread out pretty evenly. Uh, defense did what their defense does. Their defense is their defense is sick, man. But we uh, we got we got them coming up, but we're gonna get into that in a little bit. But yeah, so that's the Forty ers and, and Seahawks game, which was, like I said, probably the worst game of the week. And uh, I was at my brother's house watching it with, a, with my other brother, man, and my wife was there, a couple friends. My godson, whatnot, and they were just so hyped at halftime as well, so hyped that their team was up. But it, man, it's one of uh, it's a, it's a struggle when you're watching the Seahawks play when you're with Seahawks fans because uh they love to talk about how my Cowboys and my our Cowboy fans are, but they're probably worse. Hundred percent worse than we are, but anyways, that's neither here nor there. Let's keep it pushing. Um, I'm going to say that Jaguars game for a little bit later because that's I feel like they're not getting there just due. So um, let's go to the Dolphins and Bills game. That turned out to be a freaking great game. Dolphins or Bills won 34 31. Man, that it turned out to be a real good game. I thought it, I thought the Bills were going to blow out the Dolphins without Tua, but uh. Dolphins quarterback Skylar Thompson. Man, he held his own. It wasn't like mind shattering in any capacity of the word, but I mean, he held his own. Eighteen of forty five for two hundred twenty yards, one touchdown, two interceptions that hurt him. They just they could not run the ball. They had twenty carries as, as a team for forty two yards, man, and one touchdown. So that that hurt a lot. But as far as passing, man, it looks. It looks fairly even. They had a couple, couple drops, but Tyreek had seven catches, sixty-nine yards. Uh, Ahmed had three, three catches, forty-five yards. Jalen Waddle, forty-four yards. Smythe, twenty yards. Gasecki, fifteen. Cedric Wilson, fourteen yards. Jeff Wilson, thirteen yards. Like I said, it's it was spread out pretty, pretty evenly with Gasecki catching a touchdown. Okay, so um, the Bills' offense. Josh Allen did what Josh Allen does, 23 for 39, 352 yards, three touchdowns, two picks. Uh, they had a decent – well, this is their typical, you know, rushing outing, uh, 26 carries, 107 yards. Devin Singletary, 10 carries, 48 yards. James Cook, 12 carries, 39 yards. And Josh Allen added 20 yards of his own. Um, receiving, again, spread spread pretty evenly. Stephon Diggs, of course, getting the bulk with seven catches for 114 yards. But Gabe, Gabe Davis was right there behind him uh, with six catches for 113 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Khalil Shakur, 51 yards. Cole Beasley, welcome back to the fold guy, uh, 35 yards and a touchdown. Dawson Knox, 20 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Quentin Morris, 12 yards. Naeem Hines, seven yards. So, like I said, their offense was, it was spread pretty evenly. Uh, they're in their rushing attack, that's typical for them to be – right at or right above a hundred yards. So that's that's not mind blowing at all whatsoever. We're gonna jump ahead to the Sunday games, which was we're gonna start with we'll start with the Bengals and the Ravens, which also turned out to be a better game than I thought it was gonna be. Um now the turning point in this game was when um Tyler Huntley, they had the ball, I believe it was at like the three, the two or the three yard line, and he tries to do a sneak but jump and just put the ball over the pile to cross the line right so he puts the ball over the pile boom ball gets knocked out doesn't cross the plane uh falls right into a cincinnati defender hubbard my guy takes off and runs down the other end zone for a 98 yard touchdown that was the turning point in the game Uh, because Baltimore definitely was going to score. They should have just gave the ball to J.K. Dobbins and let him do what he's paid to do, but that's neither here nor there. So Tyler Huntley finished with 17. He went 17 for 29, 226 yards, two touchdowns and a pick. Uh, J.K. Dobbins, 13 carries, 62 yards. Tyler Huntley, nine carries, 54 yards. Gus Edwards, 12 carries and 39 yards for a total of 155 yards on the ground. They're receiving, you know, their their go-to guys, their tight end, Mark Andrews. He had five catches, 73 yards. Uh DeMarcus, Demarcus Robinson had two catches, 49 yards. J.K. Dobbins added 43 yards. Josh Oliver, 26. Gus Edwards, 13 yards. Sammy Watkins, 12 yards. Justice Hill, 10 yards. Um so like there. this offense, Baltimore's offense without Lamar is very, very, very manila. And I don't know why they're not paying Lamar, why they haven't paid Lamar what he's owed. Um, It will be in their best interest to pay Lamar what he's owed and stop trying to lowball the man. Stop trying to, you know, drag this on because if he's gone, your, your team is ass without him clearly just hot garbage without Lamar. So Baltimore do the right thing. Get your shit in order. Pay the man. Um, Let's jump to the Bengals offense. Joe Burrow did Joe Burrow things 23 for 32, 209 yards and a touchdown. Uh, they had 51 yards on the ground. Joe Mixon, 39 yards. Joe Burrow, 9 yards. Ma J. P. Ryan, 3 yards. Passing game. Jamar Chase, 9 receptions, 84 yards and a touchdown. Hayden Hurst, 4 catches, 45 yards. T. Higgins, 37 yards. Tyler Boyd, 26 yards. And Joe Mixon, 17 yards for a total of 209 yards passing. Um, and Before I move on Bengals have They No it's not me They have The best Wide receiver Core In the league You have Jamar Chase Who's just Fucking phenomenal You have T. Higgins Who could be a number one On any team in the league And then you have Tyler Boyd Who could Easily be Probably a number two on any team in the league, but can also take the top off at any point in time he wants to. So their their wide receiver lock their wide receiver room is just it's fucking insane, man. So for uh, for Baltimore really to hold them to 200 yards passing is it's kind of impressive, I, I would say. Especially because they didn't really do anything on the ground with only getting 51 yards. So. Yeah, man, that was another good game that that I thought was going to be a blowout. But I'm glad all the games, you know, over the weekend turned out to be good games. Let's move to this Chicago-Minnesota game. And I had picked – I picked – my bad, I said Chicago, this Giants-Minnesota game. I picked the Giants to – I had picked the Giants to be the Vikings going into this game because the Vikings don't scare anybody, man. They are – I don't want to say cupcakes – but their record doesn't match their, their record doesn't match their abilities, I guess you could say for lack of better words. Their record's thirteen and four, but they're not a thirteen a legit thirteen and four team. Yes, their record says they are, but they're not, clearly. The Giants went in nine, seven, and one and uh they just outmatched, outbullied, out physical Minnesota start to finish. So Give you the numbers on this one. Daniel Jones, 24 for 35 with 300 yards and two touchdowns. Um, Daniel Jones, 17 carries, 78 yards. Saquon Barkley, nine carries, 53 yards. Matt Breida, three carries, eight yards, and Darius Slayton, one carry, three yards for a total of 142 yards and two touchdowns on the ground. Receiving spread out pretty thin, pretty evenly again. Uh, Isaiah Hodgins. Eight receptions, 105 yards. Darius Slayton, four for eighty-eight. Uh Saquon, five for fifty-six. Richie James, four for thirty one. And Daniel Bellinger with seventeen yards receiving. So their office their their offense is pretty balanced. Um you have twenty-four passes or 24, 35 pass attempts and thirty carries. So it's pretty, pretty it's a pretty balanced offense, right? And nothing nothing just jumping out at you. Nothing glaring. It's like, oh my gosh, they did what? No. Balanced offense just beat the shit out of the Vikings defense, really, because they couldn't, they couldn't stop Daniel Jones from running. And when they did stop him, he would just d- dump it off. Uh Now onto the Vikings offense. Kirk Cousins, he had a, he, stat-wise, he had a solid game, man. He, uh 31 for 39 for 273, two touchdowns. Um, Dalvin Cook, 15 carries, 60 yards. Kirk Cousins, one carry, one yard, and a touchdown. Passing, T.J. Hawkinson had 10 catches, for 129 yards. Adam Thielen, three for 50. Justin Jefferson, who was held in check, even though he had seven catches. Man only had 47 yards. Uh, K.J. Osborne, 20 yards. Johnny Munt, 12 yards. Dalvin Cook, 10 yards. Irv Smith, three. So, <laughs> their offense is not... <sighs> Man, I don't want to say their office isn't indicative of their record. Their team isn't indicative of their record. They're not a legit thirteen and four team, in my opinion, anyways. So, it is what it is on that one. But I want I really want to get into this Jags game because this game is this game was unbelievable, right? I was still at my brother's house. We watched this game over there as well came on after the Seahawks 49ers game, right? So we watched this game over there and before the game started, me and my guy Henry, you know, we both picked Jacksonville to win this game. So, it started out ugly. Real ugly. Jacksonville was down 27 to 0. Um Trevor Lawrence threw four interceptions in the first half. Four interceptions. In the first half, right? So, they're down 27-0, going to halftime. They're going to halftime. And uh, whatever was said in that halftime locker room just has to be the best speech ever given, right? they go going to halftime down 27-7, okay? They come out in the third quarter. They outscored Chargers 13-3. to and then they outscore him in the fourth quarter, 11 to zero. So whatever speech Doug Peterson gave his squad at halftime, he just needs to keep giving the same speech every every game, every, every before every game, at every halftime. If he's gonna get his boys to play the way they did in the second half, just keep giving that same speech. Record. I don't care if you record it and just play that shit throughout the throughout the locker room, play it throughout the the, the facility throughout the week. Just whatever you got to do to get your squad to play like they did in that second half just do it brother because that second half was it was incredible what uh what the Jaguars were able to do i go off these numbers uh Justin Herbert went 25 for 43 273 yards one touchdown Eckler 35 yards rushing Kelly 20 and Herbert 12 yards rushing for their 23 carries 67 yards and two touchdowns so nothing glaring right there right uh, it's because they kept getting a lot of short fields off the interceptions. Um, passing, Gerald Everett, six receptions, 109 yards. Keenan Allen, six receptions, 61 yards. Joshua Palmer, 31 yards. Donald Parham, uh, 23 yards. DeAndre Carter, 17 yards. Trey McKitty, 16 yards. Joshua Kelly, 8 yards. And Austin Eckler, 8 yards for 273 yards and one touchdown. So it's it's crazy just to even – because I keep replaying, the, I keep seeing this game in my head, right? As I'm talking about it, and for the the way that they came back and won this game with the last second field goal, you know, as at, at the time ran out, right was it was freaking amazing, and it was at home, so you just had that, you, you could feel the energy through the damn TV. That's how thick it was. It 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 was dope, man. So shout out to the Jaguars, man. I feel like they did they didn't get their proper. Respects Throughout the week uh, Since this game happened And um, It's all It's been a lot of You know Cowboys talk A lot of Tom Brady talk But The Jaguars They did their damn thing Man They did their damn thing And they deserve You know That that same respect That same acknowledgement That everybody else is getting But now You know What motherfucking time it is (laughs) Damn right. Let's go, man. Go Dallas Cowboys. Put Beat the brakes off the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yeah, they got 14 points. Garbage. It was garbage. But uh, we did what everybody kept saying that we wasn't going to do. Beat Tom Brady in Tampa. Beat the Buccaneers in Tampa. You know, play play a physical game. Dominate the game. Start to finish. Yeah, the shit started ugly. First two possessions, three and out. But after that, Dak started cooking. That defense started pinning their ears back, and we got after that ass. So let's go over these numbers, man. Halftime, Cowboys were up 18-0. Right? Hold on. So before I get before I go any further, my goddamn kicker went one for five on extra points, not field goals. Extra points. Shit got a shit got to change. Money my her, you my guy. You know, you you give us, you know, the big kicks when we need them. But, uh, brother, you need to work on your uh, your extra points because we're going to need every one of those going into this 49ers game. So, yeah, before we get into that game, uh, let's get these numbers. Dak, Dak went 25 for 33 for 305. 25 of 33 for 305 yards and four. Touches zero interceptions, not a one. He almost threw one. He tried, but God said, No, not today, brother. (laughs) You're gonna shine and shine. He did, but anyway. Uh, Tony Pollard had 15 carries for 77 yards, Zeke had 13 carries for 27 yards, and Dak, my man Dak, had seven carries for 24 yards. We're gonna need more of that, more of that, Dak, coming up. Keep using them legs, brother. So we ran the ball for 35 carries, 128 yards, and a touchdown. Passing game, Dalton Schultz, seven receptions, 95 yards, two touchdowns. Man, had an amazing game. CeeDee Lamb, four catches, 68 yards, a touchdown. Michael Gallup, five catches, 46 yards, and a touchdown. May have been his best game since he's been back from injury. Uh, Jake Ferguson, 34 yards. T.Y. had 23 yards. Noah Brown had 18. Tony Pollard had 12 receiving yards. And Zeke had nine receiving yards for – Total, like I said, three hundred five yards, four touchdowns. Uh, Like I said, uh, Michael Gallup may have had his best game since he's been back from his ACL that he tore last year, and this may this is the best game that I've seen Dak play in his career. He had some good games when you know his rookie season, the second season, but this may be his best game that I've seen him play in his career. My man was laser-focused. Like I said, those first two drives were ass, but after that, they locked in, and he was out there commanding the huddle. He was out there just you know, picking the defense apart. He knew what the Buccaneers were, were sending at him before they even knew what they were sending at him, and he was picking their ass apart. So keep that up, Dak. Kellen Moore, oh, man. Those of you that know you know, me talking about Cowboys, I can't fucking stand Kellen Moore. I don't like him as an offensive coordinator. But I must give, you know, people their flowers when they deserve their flowers. And this, since I said this was Dak's best game of his career, this was Kellen Moore's probably best, you know, game plan of his offensive coordinator career. My man was dialed in on the play calls. He was dialed in on the play calls. He was dialed in on the balance for the offense, you know what I'm saying? They had 33 pass attempts, 35 rushes. Balance. Right? So, Kellen, you keep that shit up, man. I still don't like you, but <laughs> you did your thing for us to get that dub against Tampa Tampa Bay and the Buccaneers the other on Monday Night Football. So, congrats to you guys on that. Let's get in the Buccaneers numbers. Tom Brady, Tom Brady, Tom motherfucking Brady. 35 35 completions, 66 passes, 350 yards, two touchdowns, and a pick. He could have had two more. LVE was lurking. He had his hands on two of them things. He should have got at least one of them. you feel me. But uh, Rashad White, seven carries, 41 yards. Leonard Fournette, playoff Lenny, had five carries, 11 yards for a total of 12 carries and 52 yards. Yes, Cowboys defense actually held an a rushing attack under 100 yards, 52 yards. But now, don't get it twisted, because Buccaneers can't run the ball for shit, and everybody knows they can't run the ball for shit. That's why Tom Brady has 66 passes. But people are saying, yeah, he had that many passes because they were down. Yeah, partly. But over the last four games, he's been averaging – 50 plus passes Per fucking game So Y'all can't run the ball And you're putting Everything on On Brady Who I think Is out of there I'm gonna get into that In a second as well But uh Yeah My Cowboys end up Pulling it out man 31-14 And you know After After dub We gotta get that hey. Yes, indeed. So, shout out my Cowboys, man. Shout out Cowboys Nation. Um, shout out the Bengals and Houday Nation. They got their dub. Shout out the Giants. Uh, I guess shout out the Giants, G-Man, whatever. Shout out the Bills and Bills Mafia. Shout out the Jags, man, for sure. And shout out the 49ers. Niner gang, 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 gang and all that. So, let's move on to the division around coming up this weekend, man. Uh, we got the Jaguars at the Chiefs. Kansas City's an eight and a half point favorite in this game. Do I think the Jaguars' magic is going to run out? Probably. Would I like to see them win? Yeah. Would I like to see them keep it, you know, make it a game? Hell yeah. I don't want to see nobody get blown out. Unless we're blown out the 49ers. But anyway, so I'm going to pick. Ah, man, I'm going to pick the Jags. Fuck it. I'm picking the Jags to win this one. We're, <laughs> we're just going to do it. All right. Th- and there might be a. There might be some kind of a trend for this divisional round with my picks. And then after this, after that game, we have the Giants and Eagles. Eagles are seven and a half point favorite at home. I'm going to go ahead and pick the Giants to beat the Eagles. Why not? I'm picking the Giants to beat the Eagles. It's the third time that they've played their division rivals. Uh, The Giants should have beat them last game of the season if they really wanted to. They they probably could have beat the Eagles last game of the season. But, um. Yeah, so I'm, I'm going with that one, Giants. So Saturday's games so I got the Jaguars beating the Chiefs. I got the Giants beating the Eagles. Let's get into Sunday. Yeah, Sunday we got, you know, the Bengals at the Bills. The Bills are five-and-a-half-point favorites, and this is the game that we had but got postponed. And um, in regards to that, I mean, I just want to say, you know, thank you, Jesus, for, you know, healing DeMar Hamlin and continuing to heal DeMar Hamlin and um I saw that he was actually able to visit with his teammates before last game so that's that's a true blessing for sure a true true blessing so thank God for that Demar 3 always praying for you still man um but yeah we got the Bengals at the Bills man I don't know how I want to pick this game I really don't I I do like both teams I do um oh man like I said earlier the Bengals have the best wide receiver group in the league and I don't think Buffalo's secondary can handle that so and Bills tend to be one-dimensional man they they tend to just be pass heavy so man I'm going with the Bengals man gosh dang it I'm going with the Bengals like I said there's my there's going to be a trend to my picks because of course the nightcap Cowboys versus 49ers, you already know I'm going for the Cowboys. So there's no, no point for me to even, you know, keep babbling on about that game. But if you don't, if you can't tell, oh, and the 49ers are a four point game at home in in that game against my Cowboys. But if you can't tell, I picked every road, road team to win this weekend coming up. Do I think it's going to happen legitly? No, I don't think it's going to happen. But those are my picks. So it can happen, but. I think, I think I might, I might be able to get three of the four. To be honest with you, I think the Chiefs probably will beat the Jags, but other than that, I'm pretty confident in my other, other three, three road game road picks: Giants over the Eagles, Cowboys over the Niners, and Bengals over the Bills. But uh, it's gonna be an in- exciting division around weekend, and uh, let's get into this Brady talk, yo. So Brady's out of there. In my opinion, he um. Uh, they're saying that the teams that are you know wanting to sign him are the Raiders, the 49ers which I don't way Brock Purdy's playing and you got Trey Long Trey Trey what's his name Trey Lance uh coming back from injury it's going to be tough. Brady's not going to be no backup to anybody so uh and the Jets who I think is an intriguing suitor. Um yeah, man, I think if he doesn't, if Brady does not stay in Tampa, which I don't think he should, if he wants to play, continue to play because they just don't have they don't have anything on the O line to keep him you know upright and buy him time. So if I was if I was time, which definitely I'm not, I would be intrigued to go to the Jets. Man, the Jets are up and coming. Excuse me, up and coming squad dynamic receiver. Great. They're top 10, I believe top 10, top seven defense. Uh, I don't even think, I don't think Tom has ever played with a top 10 defense. I could be wrong, but I don't think he has. But anyway, he have a dynamic receiver, a great defense, great coaching staff. And it's New York, man. Tom would thrive in fucking New York. (laughs) So it's it man, it's gonna be an interesting offseason because I believe uh, Aaron Rodgers also, you know, coming up on his end his contract. So he's pondering where he can go. Can he reunite with Devontae Adams in Vegas and play for the Raiders? That would be something. That would be something. Aaron Rodgers, Pat Mahomes, Justin Herbert, and Russell Wilson all in the same division? Can you imagine? My God. Now I am saying if Russell gets back to what Russell does when he was up here in Seattle, not Russell of the year that just passed. No, 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 no. He got to leave that shit alone. Whatever, whatever he was doing this season, he need to he need to get rid of that shit, get get it gone. I don't know if it was the air was too thin up there in my high city for him, and he couldn't adjust. But he needs to figure it out and uh, yeah, get his shit right. But if you get Aaron Rodgers to the Raiders, man, or even Tom Brady to the Raiders and you have Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert, Russell Wilson all in the AFC West, that that division man, that's going to be tough. Cuz you got Chiefs defense is straight. Their offense, you know, is phenomenal. Chargers defense is straight. Their offense is well, <laughs> their offense I can't really speak to the Chargers right now after that 27-0 debacle they had. But <laughs> but anyway, Chargers Chargers as a team, they're straight, man. And you got the the Broncos, their defense is cool. Their defense is cool. Their offense needs some some tweaking, but they have some pieces. They definitely have some pieces, but they they need to tweak that offensive line for sure, get them healthy. But um, tweak that offense a little bit, add a couple more pieces to the offense and maybe to the defense. And the Broncos will be right back in the thick things as well in the AFC West. So it's going to be an interesting offseason, man. I can't, I don't want to say I can't wait for it because once the offseason here, I swear the offseason takes fucking forever. But I'm just excited to see, you know, new places, new faces and new places. I'm um, always excited to watch the draft I. Even be watching the fucking combine and shit. That's I just I don't know, man. I just get excited for all that shit. So and then doing all the little mock drafts on my phone and stuff, seeing who my Cowboys gonna draft or whatever. And then <laughs> you know shit like that, man. It 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 it's exciting to me. But anyway, I digress. But uh, that's it for this episode, guys. Uh, I appreciate you guys rocking with me. Sorry I missed a couple weeks, but we're gonna get right back to it, man. And uh, yeah, we're just gonna keep this shit rolling. So again, thank you, thank you, thank you for rocking with me. Uh stay blessed. Uh keep dreaming and uh work work to achieve your dreams, your goals and you know just things that make you happy, you know what I'm saying? People others don't and won't and can't make you happy. You yourself make you happy. Others just enhance your happiness, or they'll take away from your happiness. But you control that, so keep controlling your happiness, and uh, you know it it it, it, keep, it keeps you sane. You feel me? So again, uh, I uh, I appreciate you guys rocking with me. I love y'all. Peace.